Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have referred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. What is up? Welcome into the BSN Nuggets podcast. On a Friday, Harrison Wind here, of course. We are presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online. At MyGreenSolution.com, reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. And if you use code BSN20, you get 20% off your entire purchase. Hope everybody's had a good week. Hope you've got a fun weekend planned but that you've blocked off all of your Sunday, well, really just your Sunday evening beginning at 6 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Mountain Time. That's when free agency will commence. It should be a crazy Sunday night. It should be a crazy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday into next week as well. And then we got Summer League. So the compact NBA calendar stays with us at least over the next couple of weeks before we get a nice little break at the end of July maybe some vacation into August. And then training camp, of course, picks up middle end of September. Guys are already back in time by Labor Day. We'll get back into it then. So a bunch of things to get to on today's show. I'm going to throw out some bold predictions for the Nuggets in free agency. Honestly, some of these might not be too bold. Loyal listeners of the podcast, you've already heard these predictions before. Some of them, I've got some new predictions. Some of them you've definitely heard before. So don't tune out quite yet, uh, but I'll get to those in a few minutes. I had an email from Sam in Florida who wanted me to break down some of the intricacies of the NBA collective bargaining agreement. What the heck is an Exhibit 10 contract? What on God's earth is a mid-level exception? What is a taxpayer mid-level exception? What's an amnesty clause? So I could probably do three hours on that, but I'll break down some terms that Sam asked about and talk about those mid-level and taxpayer exceptions because you'll see those a lot over the coming weeks as teams get into free agency and start signing players to those deals. So I thought this would be a good time to go over those. And then I will get into some bold predictions that have to do with Paul Millsap, that have to do with Tobias Harris, that have to do with Michael Porter Jr., Vlako Chanchar, not just for free agency, but for the rest of the summer and the Nuggets offseason as well. I will get to those pretty soon. Wanted to remind you guys, if you have questions for the show, for now, wind at bsndenver.com is the best way to get those in. I believe the Total Beverage Fan Hotline will be returning at some point 
potentially next week. So I will let you guys know when you can call into that again. But for now, we got questions about what the Nuggets are going to do this summer, about Summer League, about free agency, about next season. Hit me up, wind.bsndenver.com. I will read them on the show. So here's what Sam asked through an email earlier this week. He goes, whenever you need some content for the podcast, can you break down the ins and outs of the NBA front office? For example, an Exhibit 10 contract, what a mid-level exception is, cash consideration, how an amnesty works, etc. He says he grew up in the NFL and knows everything there is to know about that front office, but getting into basketball, everyone throws out these terms. No one ever explains them, and there are way too many to Google. I can definitely do that, Sam. I'm not going to say I'm a CBA expert. I'm not going to say I'm well-versed enough in the CBA to be writing contracts for players, but you get to know the ins and outs of how a front office works and how some of these exceptions and contracts work just from talking to people and being around it for the last few years. So let's start with the first one you ask about there, an Exhibit 10 contract. First of all, I have no idea why this is called an Exhibit 10. They need to change the name. Uh, They need to change the name so it's a little easier to understand. But pretty much what an Exhibit 10 contract is, it's a one-year deal worth the minimum salary. doesn't come with any compensation protection, but it can include an optional bonus ranging from $5,000 to $50,000. So you'll usually see undrafted rookies signing Exhibit 10 contracts later on in free agency, right before training camp. So let's go over a common example of somebody signing an Exhibit 10. You can kind of see how it works. So say a rookie signs an Exhibit 10 contract that comes with a $50,000 bonus. He'll attend training camp, but then what usually happens is he'll be waived before the regular season. So then what will happen is then that team will designate him as an affiliate player to their G League team. And then if that player stays with that G League team for 60 days, he'll get that full 50K bonus. What an Exhibit 10 contract really is, in my opinion, it's pretty much a way for teams to get a lot of bodies that they like in for training camp and then to stock their G League team with players that they like and obviously give those players some type of incentive bonus to sign with their G League team other than a different organization. So you probably won't see Denver signing anyone to this type of deal, most likely, because they can't give them that bonus for going to their G League team. But the Nuggets would still be technically allowed to do it. If they do sign somebody to an Exhibit 10 deal, just think of it as a training camp deal. And most likely, that guy will be cut. That guy will go sign with another team before the start of next season. Exhibit 10 deals, they can be converted to two-way deals and then signed to standard NBA contracts as well if the team wants to. Finally, only up to six Exhibit 10 deals are allowed per team at a time. So probably won't see any of these signed in the early stages of free agency, but later on in July, September, as teams start getting their training camp roster set, you're going to see a lot of guys sign Exhibit 10 deals. Another term Sam asked about, the MLE, the mid-level exception. This is a big one. So the MLE, you're going to hear those three letters a lot this summer. The MLE is pretty much an exception for teams that are operating over the salary cap to sign another player for more than just the minimum. So 
A mid-level exception contract can cover up to four seasons, and the starting salary for the MLE next year is $9.2 million. So teams that are operating over the salary cap, like the Nuggets, like most of the contending teams throughout the league, have the opportunity, have the choice of signing a player to the MLE. You know, usually if you're over the cap, you're only going to be able to sign guys to minimum deals, but the MLE is an exception that gives teams who are operating as an over-the-cap team the ability to sign somebody for a pretty big chunk of money, $9.2 million next season, and a contract that runs up to four years. So maybe Denver will choose to sign somebody to that deal. A lot of contending teams are going to be using that MLE this next month. There's also other types of exceptions. There's the taxpayer MLE that is pretty much what the name says. It's an exception for teams operating in the luxury tax. But the exception is a little different. The starting salary for next year in that first year of the exception, it's not $9.2 million, It's $5.3 million, so a little less. And the taxpayer MLE contract can only cover up to three seasons. There's also the room exception, uh, another exception. And like it sounds, this is for teams operating with salary cap room under the cap. That exception can only cover up to two seasons. And the starting salary for next year is at $4.5 million. So you're going to hear the mid-level exception, the taxpayer exception, the room exception. You're going to hear those a lot over the next couple of weeks, the next month, because it's a exception that teams definitely use a lot. Like I said, I could probably go on a three-hour podcast about the ins and outs of the CBA and all these terms and exceptions and rules and whatnot. It's super confusing. I don't recommend getting really deep into the minutia of the NBA salary cap unless you have a lot of time on your hands. But real quick, a couple other things that Sam asked about. Amnesty. This is something we don't really talk about anymore because it was written into the last collective bargaining agreement. And teams, what it was, was you pretty much had the option to clear one bad salary from your books beginning in 2012. And I think teams had up till 2016 to do it. It was a one-time thing, pretty much a do-over. So for example, a lot of teams probably wish they had an amnesty clause to use after that summer of 2016 when teams went crazy, like the Portlands of the world. And so I'm sure Portland would have loved to use that amnesty provision on that Evan Turner contract at some point. So what pretty much happens is... A team will declare that player that they're going to amnesty them. The team still has to pay that player's salary. It's not like the guy who gets amnestied is suddenly out of 60 mil. He still gets his money, of course, but that salary doesn't count against the team's cap. The Nuggets use theirs, funny enough, on Chris Anderson, Chris Birdman Anderson, to wipe nine plus million off their books over two seasons. And there have been a lot of notable players to get amnestied back when teams were really doing it before 2016. Chauncey Billups, after he got traded to the Knicks in the Carmelo Anthony deal, was amnestied. He was on like a, I don't know, eighteen million dollar deal or something, if my memory serves me correct. Brandon Roy, because of his injuries, got amnestied. Gilbert Arenas, Baron Davis. Usually, it was older players with bloated contracts. Obviously, like I said, not really in play now because teams have already used up their amnesty and could only do it until 2016. The current CBA runs through 2023-24, so maybe teams will get another amnesty provision in the next CBA. Cash considerations, usually see this during the draft when trades are happening or during the season when trades are happening. It's just 
teams sending money to another team to help facilitate a deal. Teams can send out and receive a maximum of $5,243,000 last season. So they can only send out that much and take in that much. Once they reach that limit last season, uh, they could not send out any more cash or receive any more cash. But again, you see that usually during trades uh, just to help facilitate trades and mainly in the draft as well. Like the Nuggets just paid, I believe it was $1.2 million, along with the future second to acquire the number 44 overall pick from the Miami Heat and draft Bull Bull. So Denver will be paying that $1.2 million to the Miami Heat uh, in a lump sum payment or you know, in a couple of payments over the next few months or so. The terms of how you pay teams back, I'm not really quite sure of. Real quick, before we get to some bold predictions, if you guys aren't signed up for bsndenver.com, summer is a great time to get on board with free agency coming up. With Summer League, we'll have a ton of great content over the next few months. Right now, you can actually get an annual pass that ends up only costing you $3.33 a month. And you also get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver Locker, where we have Rockies, Broncos, and Nuggets, and Avalanche shirts. And of course, with a BSN Denver subscription, you also get access to the other content that we put out across the other major sports that we cover. I've got a lot of content up right now on Bull Bull, also on free agency, on the site Friday morning, when some of you might be listening to this podcast, 19 potential targets for Denver in free agency for the 2019 free agent class. So a lot of names up there from Tobias Harris to Greg Monroe. So a wide range of players that could be targets for Denver. Make sure to check that out. Also, download the BSN Denver mobile app available on iPhone and Android. A great one-stop shop for all our content. Let's hit a break real quick, and I will get into some of those bold predictions on the other side. We'll be right back. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands. We have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at mosdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Mo's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Mo's to someone because we cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have colorado beers on tap all the games on the tvs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue welcome back to the show harrison wind here on the bsn nuggets podcast part of the award-winning bsn denver podcast network on a friday morning we are presented as always by the green solution visit mygreensolution.com and use code bsn20 for 20 percent off your entire purchase free agency begins sunday Nuggets will stay fairly quiet. You guys know that by now. But there will be some decisions Denver has to make. Let's get into some bold predictions. 
that have to do with the players that Denver really has to make decisions on this summer. And I'll also offer some bold predictions for some of the younger guys on this team heading into next season. Michael Porter Jr. maybe. But also really mainly with Paul Millsap, Trey Lyles, Tyler Lydon, Isaiah Thomas. The guys that Denver really has to decide on in the coming weeks and the next month. Let's start with Paul Millsap. First of all, Paul Millsap's going to be back with the Nuggets next season. I would be stunned. I would put it at there's a 90% chance that Paul Millsap is back with Denver next season. And in NBA terms where anything can happen at the drop of a hat, me giving Denver a 90% chance to retain Paul Millsap in some capacity, that's a lot. you know. So I think he'll be back next season. I'd be really stunned if he was elsewhere. Throughout the regular season and the playoffs... You got the vibe that this was where Paul Millsap wanted to continue his career, potentially where he wants to retire. I think that was part of his thinking and signing here in Denver in the first place two plus years ago now. And you also got the vibe from the Nuggets throughout the year and into the playoffs and over the first few weeks of the offseason that they wanted Millsap back here as well. And I think that's why you've seen the organization really portray the same message over the course of the last couple weeks that... Paul Millsap and the Denver Nuggets both want the same thing. That thing, they both want him back next season. And so I would expect him to be back in a Nuggets uniform next season. I would be, again, stunned if he wasn't. I'd be very surprised if he was fielding offers from other teams at any point this summer, even if Denver turns down this team option, and I'll get to that in a second. But I'd be stunned if he took meetings elsewhere. I think this will be a pretty open and shut case. And I guess that gets me to what I think the Nuggets will do with his contract. And I'll say Denver turns down the team option, declines the team option, and immediately comes to terms with Paul Millsap on a three-year deal. And that's just me speculating. And I'll say that three-year deal will pay him a total of $40 million. That would pay Paul Millsap around $13 million a year, a little more than $13 million a year. I think that's still a tradable contract for Denver. And I think that's something that still gives Paul Millsap some financial security. Maybe it's a team option on the third year of that deal. But in total, I'll say the figure is three for 40 or around that. I think that'd be a fair deal for both sides. I think Millsap is still going to be really productive at least over the next two years, I think I can say. And I think it'd be a fair deal for both sides. Obviously not what he's making right now. Well short of the $30 million, but $13 million a year for Paul Millsap. I think it's a fair price for both sides. Gives him some security going forward on a multi-year deal. And I think this would obviously you know, keep him in a Nuggets uniform likely for the next few seasons. You never know what could happen. You never know what the emergence of some of these young guys coming up through Denver's pipeline will be like a Jared Vanderbilt, like a Michael Porter Jr., like a Vlaco Chantra, maybe one day that makes Millsap more expendable a couple years down the road. But I think him on a 13 to, I'll say, $15 million contract, I think that could be tradable going forward. Just his resume, what he adds to a locker room, his veteran savvy, that's going to be valued by a lot of teams throughout the league. So there's my first bold prediction. I'll say Denver turns down the team option, re-ups Paul Millsap on a three-year $40 million deal. When it comes to the other three players Nuggets have to decide on, this summer, and that is Trey Lyles, Tyler Lydon, Isaiah Thomas. I will predict that neither of the three are back next season. Trey Lyles, Denver could make him a restricted free agent if they offer him the 
$5 million qualifying offer. I believe they have until June 29th to do so. Uh, if they offer him that, he will be a restricted free agent. And of course, he could sign an offer sheet with another team. Denver would have the opportunity to match, or they could just let him go in restricted free agency. I don't predict Denver will let it get that far. I, I'm not sure the Nuggets will put that qualifying offer on the table. I think they'll let Trey Lyles just enter unrestricted free agency as they will with Tyler Lydon, who they declined his rookie option for next season, and Isaiah Thomas, who will definitely not be back with the Nuggets next year. So I don't predict any of those guys in a Nuggets uniform next season. I do think the Nuggets need a Trey Lyles replacement per se, even though they didn't give Denver much last year. They just need another four man who could maybe play some five. That'd be nice, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I will go out and say I don't think those three guys will be back next season. There have been some rumors, some reporting that the Nuggets will be one of the teams that will be interested in Tobias Harris. You got to be careful with the wording there, but I believe that's how Shams Trania over at The Athletic phrased it. The Nuggets will be among a handful of teams with the Mavericks, the Kings, who will be interested in Tobias Harris. My prediction on this front is nothing comes of this. I think the Nuggets could look at Tobias Harris as a guy and say, hey, yeah, he would definitely improve our basketball team. We'd be a better team with Tobias Harris here. But when you look at the pathways with Paul Millsap, either picking up that team option or declining it and signing him to a deal like I just suggested they might, that kind of takes you out of the Tobias Harris sweepstakes. To get Tobias Harris, you'd have to decline the Paul Millsap contract, renounce Trey Lyles, Isaiah Thomas, Tyler Lydon. Those guys would be gone, of course. And then probably look to deal Mason Plumlee, get off of his salary. Then you could sign Tobias Harris in the cap space. Then you could try to bring Paul Millsap back at that point. But with the order of operations, there just doesn't seem terribly likely. And I, I predict this Tobias Harris thing doesn't go anywhere. I, I don't think Denver will even be really mentioned here as a suitor going forward. I don't think they're going to get a meeting or even try super hard for a meeting, maybe by any means. I, I just don't really see it as a good match going forward. Um, from my perspective, I mean, if the Nuggets are going to give a four-year max or a four-year near max to somebody, he's got to be the perfect player. He's got to be the guy that you can plug in on the wing and say, okay, we can win a championship now with our core around you. I don't think Tobias Harris is that guy. I know he had a great year last year. I've never been a big Tobias Harris guy, and I certainly wouldn't be jumping at the bit to max him. He's a good offensive player. He can shoot the three. He can create for himself. He's a good floor spacer. He's not somebody who's just going to jack up shots all game. He's not necessarily a black hole, I don't think, but he's just not the guy that I think Denver should tie itself to for a max deal and really look at as the guy that can lift them to a finals or a championship one day. So I don't think that necessarily goes anywhere. I want to talk about some of the younger guys on this team and predictions I have for them for next season from Michael Porter Jr. to Bol Bol to Vlako Chanchar, Jared Vanderbilt. First, though, a quick word from Total Beverage. Right now, Total Beverage has an awesome deal for BS and listeners. You guys already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado. Now they're delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. Plus, they are now offering CBD products. That's right, beer-infused CBD products and much more. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering 20% off your purchase on their website and app. Use code BSN20 to save 20%. 
and have it delivered right to your door. Again, download the Total Beverage app and use promo code BSN20 for 20% off your order. That's promo code BSN20 on the Total Beverage app for 20% off your next liquor delivery today. Next up, Michael Porter Jr. I predict Michael Porter Jr. will look really good in Las Vegas. I think he's going to have a really promising summer league. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to start for Denver next season. That doesn't mean that he's going to be playing 25 minutes per game off the Nuggets bench. Let's just stay with Summer League for a moment. I think a reason why he's going to look really good in Summer League, I think it's going to be due to some things that you don't necessarily think of when you know, you're, you're talking about basketball per se. Like He's going to be so much stronger than a lot of these rookies that he's going up against. He's been on an NBA weight program from Really, the minute he was drafted, although he probably wasn't lifting then and he was getting his back healthy and doing more core and strength and conditioning stuff. But you look at pictures of him now compared to pictures of him at Missouri or when he was drafted, and he just looks like a different person just from like a muscle composition standpoint. So he's going to be so much stronger than a lot of these guys that he's going against. I feel like he's really going to excel. And he might not be super polished immediately. He might not have the flow and the rhythm that you really don't get back unless you're just playing five on five in games in a live setting, which he hasn't done in over 15 months. So it's been a while and that stuff is going to take time. But I think he's going to be able to score and rebound. And also the fact that he's going to be playing with a couple other really talented players like the Nuggets Summer League team isn't just Michael Porter Jr. and a bunch of undrafted guys and a few guys Denver brought in from overseas. It's Michael Porter Jr. playing a lot of minutes with a point guard in Brandon Goodwin, who I think is, you know, potentially a fringe backup guy in the league. Definitely a third point guard. He's young. He can get buckets. He can set his teammates up. He can play make. So he's playing with a solid point guard in Brandon Goodwin, who he's already gotten a lot of reps with on the Nuggets practice court last season. And into this summer. He's playing with one of his best friends, Jared Vanderbilt, who they've known each other for a long time. They've played with each other before. They've obviously spent a year together now on and off the court. There's a lot of good chemistry between those two. And I think those two will really pop together and apart at Summer League. He's also playing with a super unselfish center in Thomas Welsh in Vegas, who's just really a pass first guy who looks to set his teammates up and looks to make plays for others before himself. So I think a lot of this is setting up well for him. And you know Denver's going to look to just put him in positions to succeed. They're going to look to get him going. They're going to look to get him mismatches. So I think there's going to be an adjustment period for sure. And he's going to look rocky in some areas. That's to be expected. But generally speaking, I think he's going to have a really promising summer league. And it's going to be very exciting. While a good performance at summer league can definitely give him some momentum heading into next season and potentially garnering a rotation spot. I think it's probably still going to be up in the air, you know, if he's playing regular minutes on a nightly basis once the regular season begins. Summer league and the regular season are really entirely different things, you know. So while I think a really promising summer league performance could push the momentum in his direction to maybe being in that opening night rotation, as long as he continues to look good on the practice court throughout the rest of the summer, into training camp, into the preseason. But I don't think him having a really standout summer league performance is going to make him a shoe-in for the rotation next year. People might talk that way, but I'm not sure if that's definitely going to be the case. But one thing I do know is that 
by the time the offseason is over, if Michael Porter is deserving of a rotation spot, Nuggets are going to give it to him. The Nuggets are going to play their best players. And if he proves by the end of the summer that he's one of their top eight, top nine players, he'll play. Another bold prediction I have for this summer with the Nuggets kind of has to do with free agency a little bit, but also has to do with summer league. Vlako Chantar will take the Nuggets' 14th roster spot. And I'll call it the 14th roster spot because technically Paul Millsap would be the 12th. Bull Bull, who I expect would sign a contract kind of similar to what Jared Vanderbilt signed with Denver. You know, a three-year deal for a second-round pick. Maybe pay him a million next season or a little under a million and then maybe like 1.5, 1.8 million after that in those second and third years. He'll take your 13th roster spot. And then I predict Vlako Chanchar will take the Nuggets' 14th roster spot. And yes, that means Denver will have a grand total of one roster spot to work with in free agency, try to upgrade their roster. But we've seen the Nuggets grow internally before. We've seen them have success with that. And because of that past success and the internal improvements that they've gotten from the likes of everybody on this roster, really, that they've put through their program from Nicole Jokic to Gary Harris to Jamal Murray to Malik Beasley to Monte Morris, Torrey Craig, I think they will rely on that again. That's pretty much what Tim Conley had to say after the draft when I asked him about the prospects of free agency and how aggressive Denver will be. So I'll predict Vlaco gets a full-time roster spot. Not sure if he'll really factor into the rotation a ton, but he's a versatile forward who can do a little bit of everything. If you're not familiar with his game, be sure to watch him at Summer League. He looked great last summer. I think it's probably setting up for him to have a promising summer again this year, but he can shoot it a little bit. He can drive and attack the rim, take his man off the bounce. He can play make. He can pass. He's a smart player. I don't think he's going to be like a lockdown defender by any means, but he's a smart positional defender who can you know, play his role on that end of the floor, be a good team defender. He does a little bit of everything well. He's a smart young player too, a high character guy, a high IQ guy. So I think he's going to fit in really well. But I think he'll have a good summer league as well and take that 14th roster spot and how that factors into free agency. Well, Denver's only going to be able to pursue one guy, most likely, if they just have that one open roster spot. So that's pretty much what I think will happen with the Nuggets roster with Paul Millsap, those three guys they got to decide on here pretty soon, and then uh, Michael Porter, Vlatko. When it comes to Jared Vanderbilt, you know, I don't anticipate him playing a big role for Denver next season. I think we'll have a really good summer league, but he's a guy who I think you'll see Michael Malone kind of use as a wild card, something he can throw out of his back pocket when kind of needs to inject some energy into a game. So I think he'll have his moments for Denver next season for sure. Maybe come on towards the end of next season, second half of next season. But I don't think he'll enter the season firmly in the rotation by any means. That's all the time I got for today, guys. Let me know what you think of those predictions. Wind.bsndenver.com. I think the Total Beverage Fan Hotline is coming back soon, potentially next week. So you guys can start calling into that again. Busy week next week at Pepsi Center. The Nuggets will have their summer league training camp slash four practices Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday before their first game on Friday. I'll be out there in Las Vegas covering summer league over the weekend into next week. Be bringing you guys coverage on bsndenver.com. So make sure to get signed up now and I'll be back with another episode soon. Talk to you guys then. 
The Colorado Golf Association is dedicated to preserving, improving, and serving the game of golf here in Colorado. And right now they're conducting their annual Dream Golf Vacation Raffle. Ed May, executive director of the Colorado Golf Association, gave us some more info on what exactly you can win if you enter. We had six grand prizes this year and 40 plus other prizes. So the, the big ticket items, so to speak, or the grand prizes are a trip to the BMW Championship, including VIP access, thanks to our partnership with BMW. Uh, we have trip to Streamsong, we have a trip to Bandon Dunes, we have a trip to Sand Valley, and then we have what I think might be the coolest, a chance to take an, uh, a 7 Series BMW down to Telluride to play in a CGA-only event. The raffle tickets will go on sale on our website, coloradogolf.org. Tickets are $40, and you know all the proceeds from the raffle are going to support youth development in the state of Colorado. So you're making a great donation to a great cause, but you're also having a chance to uh, really have a fantastic dream golf vacation. For a chance to win, be sure to go to coloradogolfassociation.org.